Well, hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family. With trip planning, money-saving tips, and funny stories, we are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps you with yours. Tips, jokes, stories, and overall fun for your ears to enjoy. Now here's our host, World Travel Dad. Travel Dad Show. Thanks so much for joining us. Today I'm talking about the eternal city of Rome, Italy. We just wrapped up a five-day trip to Rome. We stayed, we were very centrally located, and I'm going to tell you all about that in our trip report. And there, there's a lot of uh, news to cover. There's some news stories about global banking, and we'll get into that. If it's your first time joining the show, we start off with headlines and about midway through the show, we do a trip report, followed up by a short blooper segment to close the show. And, of course, there's always a lot of bloopers with me. So thanks so much for joining us. We'll get into all these headlines right away. First up, the, I asked for some things to happen. I prayed to the gods in the last episode, and I got what I was looking for. There's a lot going on. There's a potential international banking crisis going on, and all the uh, doomsdayers are out, you know, partying in the streets because their once every 15 year predictions are now coming true. But I have a different, I have a slightly different take on this. First of all, the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen I have to just point out that these guys don't look very smart to me I mean personally I'm not like a genius I don't have an ultra high IQ or anything but I can tell when other people do I think I've been around enough people like that and these 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 guys just don't look very smart to me I don't want to hear about their degrees I didn't check where they went to school but just the way they're addressing these problems, the way they seem to be either either they're dumb and they don't have any idea what's going on or they have no way to, to look forward and try to predict anything or, or their hands are tied somehow and maybe someday we'll find out, you know, oh, we wanted to do the right thing, we wanted to, to fix everything with our tools but we weren't uh, allowed to for whatever reason. So my take is that these people have low, too low of an IQ to be dictating everything for us, you know, to be, we're hanging on every word. My second take is that I don't think we're going to see some moment of a collapse. I mean, I said this before. I think it's really more of an inflationary, death by a thousand cuts kind of situation. I don't think the moment's coming. I think if we're if, if you're standing around watching for a black swan, you're never going to see it. You're you're going to miss the nuanced sort of 
catastrophe that might be unfolding, but it's going to take too long. It's like you put a frog in a... When you put a frog in boiling water, uh, I'm sorry, if you put a frog in lukewarm water and then you gradually increase the temperature, they don't quite know, they, they can't tell that they're being boiled until it's too late. And I just think that's how the U.S. economy is going to be operating now. So are all these banks going to start collapsing? Well, no. I mean, the Fed basically came out and said they're not going to allow any other banks to collapse. They're going to they're gonna give them full market. They're not going to make them mark their bond portfolios to market. So they're getting full value for any of their mortgage-backed securities or their bond portfolio. So they're not going to fail. No more banks are going to fail. The Fed said no. They're bailing them all out. We're calling it something different, but so there's not going to be any sort of um, major moment where the collapse happens. So I think inflation is going to become a problem, though. I don't know if people have fully woken up to it yet. I mean, I, I'm not in the states right now. I think in, I think that the Europeans, from what I've seen, are clueless, or they they're trying to just brace for impact or they're just delaying the day of reckoning or something's happening where the prices haven't completely exploded in the grocery stores but there there are things creeping in you know restaurants are charging cover charges now i mean i've never heard of a cover charge for a just your standard restaurant you know some per person overhead and that's clearly an inflationary thing i mean any restaurateur any business owner can create some charge, some arbitrary fee assessment, and then it just becomes a market thing. You know, if I don't want to pay that, I'll just go to the next restaurant. And if they're all colluding to create some new charge, then it becomes part of the overall cost of eating, and that's that's an inflationary environment. But I think it, I think inflation will come for. For any you know any any of these Western societies that are um, doing the same things and bailing out um, these banks, and you know I'm obviously concerned. When I return to the states, we'll see how prices are. I know the price of everything's going up. You know you have to you know you have to eat, but I guess you can hold off on vacation. So discretionary spending dips and. You know, the same old thing, but I, I don't think we've heard this before, so let's see what happens. I think it's just going to unfold very slowly. I don't think there's going to be some grand collapse, uh, but you have to you have to get into assets that protect against inflation, I guess. I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that's where we're, we're heading here. Looking ahead to... U.S. presidential election 2024. I mean, it's down to, you know, like Trump uh, against Biden, probably. And if it were, then Trump's going to lose. So I, I look forward to seeing that. That'll be fun. I think Biden will take him down again. I don't think anything's changed. I mean, I said this in a prior podcast. I don't, I don't see the landscape having changed in Trump's favor. I think it'll, he might even fare worse. I mean, I'll come right out and say it. I'll, I'll vote for Biden again, just like I did last time. Um, Trump hasn't done anything to earn my vote, period. 
Now, what's interesting is if DeSantis somehow becomes the nominee, of course, he lately has been criticized for eating pudding with his hand. Uh, I mean, he kind of looks like the kind of guy that would do that. He kind of he comes off as kind of a little huskier appearance. I like my leaders to be in shape, and uh, Donald Trump is not in shape. That guy looks terrible, and there's no excuse for it. I mean, you you should be your single most important asset is your body and your ability to move and walk and be healthy. I mean, that should be the first thing that you check in with every day. But it's not easy to do. Um, it's very difficult to have that type of discipline. But I, that's the first thing I look for, for, for better or for worse. Maybe I'm missing the point. You know, maybe some of the best leaders in history could down a bottle of scotch every night and smoke like a chimney. But I just look for discipline for, from people. And if you um, can't take care of your body then I, I don't see it. But I'm not saying that that's how DeSantis is. I mean, I haven't looked at his workout schedule lately, but I think that's something to, to keep in mind. I mean, as, some, as somebody um, who has been criticized for, you know, before for eating like a Neanderthal, which I have been, uh, I kind of sympathize with him. I mean, if you're kind of on the go and you're trying to eat uh, and you're having to eat in front of people, in board meetings, I mean, how do you, how do people eat in front of people? I mean, I always look terrible. I can't do it like in a proper way. I mean, if I'm if I'm eating a hoagie or I'm ripping into a panino, you know, I, I don't know how to hide that from people. Like, it's not going to look pretty. So, I always kind of have been someone that, you know hides away with my food and just kind of devour it kind of like a wild animal and then you know clean yourself up and get back out in public and people can look at you then but so I sympathize with with DeSantis but I mean don't you can't dip your hand in the pudding that's gross I mean where has your hand been so something to keep an eye on um but that seems to be the the only criticism that has stuck with him no pun intended And obviously, uh, Trump might be arrested on a felony campaign finance case. This seems trumped up, pun intended on that one, but I think it's um, the New York Times, Ross Douthat did an article and he, he said it's not a good start when you have to turn to a novel legal claim, which the prosecutor is going to have to potentially use. That's never a good sign. You know, when I used to take a case into court and you had to argue something that had never been tried before, you're kind of on thin ice already. So this looks like complete PR stuff. I, I'm not putting too much stock into what happens. I, I almost think Trump is looking at this in, smartly as like a, some kind of a marketing thing. I mean, maybe he can arouse his base if they come after him. And I think the DA in, in New York, in Manhattan, should should consider that he ought to he ought to call off the dogs on this one and and say you know what we're gonna we're not gonna go after him because that's kind of it looks like what he wants it's like uh the rabbit in the briar patch a little bit there finally there's this ancillary story about biden he's going to declassify some of the 
State Department's findings regarding the Wuhan lab leak. And I, I applaud him for this. I don't see any reason to think that this is anything but a, a good leadership from Biden. I mean, let's get this stuff out there. You know, now we're seeing that maybe a raccoon dog um, may have been the, the culprit or something. I mean, I, but I mean, how many different types of animals can we talk about here? Pangolins, bats, you know, I... I have been to some pretty crazy wet markets in Southeast Asia, so I can see how there's some wild stuff floating around, but I mean, the fact that, that the Wuhan lab was right there, and this is the one place on Earth that's ground zero, I mean, I tend to agree with, uh, who was the host? John Stewart. I mean, I think he made a good point with that. It's just, the odds are too, too, um, too low that it's a complete coincidence and and so the state department has confirmed with somewhat low confidence that it's the that it was a lab leak and we need to see the documents so good for biden for it sounds like he's going to declassify some documents i i don't know why we're not more interested in that but i certainly was We'll be right back. I can't tell you how versatile the Wise Card has been for my travels. From paying for my kids' school tuition in Ubud to wiring the tour company payment for our snorkeling trip, the Wise Card has been there for me. Let me explain how it works. From the states or anywhere, you purchase foreign currency and keep it in your WISE account. It becomes your de facto foreign bank account. You purchase at the current exchange rate. If you think the dollar is at its peak in value, purchase a foreign currency, pay a very minimal fee, and voila, you have your short dollar position. Congratulations, you're now a foreign currency trader, and you didn't have to open a bank account in Montenegro. And fellas, your wife wants to go to Italy. She's sick of the bowling alley as your idea of entertainment. Why not start by opening your WISE account today? If you use the link in the show notes, capitalize with at least $300 US, World Travel Dad gets a minuscule kickback that I promise to use on cheap beer. Take your wife to Italy. Let's get back to this thing I'm calling a show. So as I said, we, uh, family and I just finished up our Rome leg here. We're, we're in Italy for a, a total of one month, and we spent five days in Rome. We had taken the train up from Naples, very quick train ride, and we you arrive in Rome, Termini Station, which is fairly centrally located. I always like when train stations are in a, a fairly uh, convenient location. The uh, the center, the old town, is called the Centro Storico in Italian. And so um, I use Booking.com to get a two-bedroom apartment um, in the center of Rome. And I never stayed 
you know, that, um, well, I'm sorry. I, I've stayed in a hotel downtown. I, I never really stayed in an apartment, so that's kind of fun. I mean, I've always, I like um, to use Airbnbs for that reason. Um, I think it really levels the playing field so that families can stay, uh, you know, family of four. They don't have to rent, you know, get two hotel rooms. You got to give people a kitchen so they can, they don't have to eat out for, you know, every single meal. I mean, it's not that much cheaper, but to eat in but it but you can you can save a little bit of money and it's just more convenient sometimes i mean asking a family of four to go out and for you know breakfast lunch and dinner um it's a bit much you know you, um so with the apartment you can you can cook you can at least have some breakfast ready to go if the kids wake up early so i like that um we we took the bus we took bus number 64 Rome is a total uh, bus city. It's not a subway city. It's not. Uh, it's not like uh, Paris and London, where the subways, um, and the metro, and, and the tube can really do some things for you and give you some some leverage. It's Rome is not like that. the The subway line is just a peripheral line. It does not intersect the um, old town. But, but the buses are, are pretty pretty great. We hopped on the sixty four. Dropped us off at uh, Campo de Fiore, which if you've been to Rome, you're familiar. That's the flower. I think it's it used to be a flower market in, in you know a couple hundred years ago, but now it's just a it looks like a lemon cello fruit market, basically a tourist trap. But you know it's 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 fun. Like during the day they have the market, and then at night they clean the market up every day, and you can go out and. Get your uh, bottles of uh, Peroni and Moretti, and uh, those are Italian beers, of course. Uh, maybe get a bottle of vino, um, and just hang out. Um, that's, what the, that's what the young kids do. And I'm, I'm past that stage, so we didn't do any of that. But we stayed very close to the Campo de Fiore. And one thing that's really nice about Rome that I've always enjoyed, because I'm not the best at planning ahead at stuff, in these cities where you have to do all this research, I mean, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to, to attack the, you know, the detailed research necessary. And with Rome, sometimes you can wing it. You can show up. A lot of the sites are just walking sites in the old town. And in fact, the, so the, the, the second day to make it fun for the kids, we, we uh, split up into teams, um, Team Chariot and Team Gladiator, naturally, and we we had a list of sites to see, and each team had to go, you know, hit each site, and then we, we had a rally point in the uh, Villa Borghese, which is the, a big park in Rome. I had never been to it, so I'll talk about that briefly, and I was on Team Gladiator with my son, and we... You know, you, you can you can walk and hit all these sites. You can hit the the Trevi Fountain, um, the Pantheon, which is right in the middle of Old Town, and you know that's that's an obvious one. You got to hit that if you're only in Rome for like a night and a day. Start there, start there, then you can go hit the Trevi Fountain. And in fact, the first night we were in town, we we did the Pantheon. Um, which is, uh, it's free, 
free. There's a line. You don't, you don't have to buy a ticket. If you go in the evening or in the morning, there's no line. And so that's great. Uh, if you go in midday, you're, you'll hit a little bit of a line. But you just go in and you, you look around. This this uh, Pantheon was, was an old Roman building um, that served as a religious center under, I believe, Justinian and Emperor Hadrian, two, two uh, um, emperors. I'm getting some of the history um, wrong there. I mean, there's a lot you can get into with the emperor stuff. But in modern times, there's it's, it's sort of been rebranded as a memorial to Victorio, Victorio Emmanuel, who was the godfather of Italy, who unified Italy in the late 1700s because prior to him it was a bunch of different states that were you know fiercely tribal and they had no interest in being one country um and uh so that that was very important and even today i mean you, you go to different areas of italy they have such great traditions and history that are unique to that area so that's an that's such a fun part about italy that we, we've talked about that Moving on from Pantheon, you hit the Trevi Fountain. Everyone's seen this. Um, the fun thing to do there is to toss a coin in. You got got to turn around. It's got to be backwards. Don't you know? Don't chuck it baseball style. It's not going to work. And the lore is that if you toss it backwards over your head into the fountain, doesn't matter what coin, um, you are guaranteed to uh, have a return trip to Rome. So we all did that. Um, we did Euro coins, single Euro coins, because I just thought that was classier. I mean, yeah, you could throw it, you could throw a dime, you could throw 20 cents in there, but you know, we're, we're all classier. So probably wasted some money there, frankly. I mean, but I think we're all coming back to Rome now. Move on to the Piazza Navona. This is the long, um, kind of hippodrome hippodrome style chariot course this is where they used to race chariots back in roman times and now it's just a really long looking uh, uh piazza and has a statue on one end it's very impressive there were a lot less restaurants than i recall i thought that they lined the place with a bunch of restaurants but there were only a couple at the end which is kind of nice i mean i don't like when stuff gets overly touristy you know, we're here in March, so uh, the tourist season is just kind of waking up a little bit. Um, but it was nice. We, and then you walk, um, you walk back, you know, we walk back to our apartment. We were right next to an old, uh, a famous bakery, a great pizza. Uh, Roman style pizza is different from, from Neapolitan, from the pizza in Napoli. Uh, Roman is in square sheets. It's thinner and they basically wait, you know, they do it by weight. So you just kind of point to how much pizza you want. They chop it, uh, and you uh, you take it just out on a single sheet of butcher paper. So it's low waste. You can just go eat it in the street. You know, if you're of legal age, you can grab a grab a bottle of beer. Uh, so the first night, you know, my son and I um, kind of. Just chilled out there and had some of that pizza. Really fun, really good memory for us. Um, and then 
So the next day when Team Gladiator set out, we we had to go all the way to St. Uh, Peter's, San Pietro. And that's where, of course, the Vatican is located. And I wanted to show that to at least my son, who um, he is interested in history. He wanted he likes to know about you know city states. So the Vatican is a a city, but it's also a country. Um, we're kind of trying to learn about that distinction. And I did not um, get tickets in advance for the Vatican Museum. You need to buy these tickets like six months in advance, I think, to play it safe. Uh, I mean, I would have had to do this a long time ago. I had Rome dialed in on our itinerary. It's not like it was out of left field, but I just missed the ball on that. But I don't know. I think we kind of dodged a bullet. There's super long line to get in. I think you can pay a little more to get a VIP ticket. If it's something that really interests you, you know, you want to check it out. I've seen it before. Um, it's, it's great in there. A lot of people, um, but it's, it's interesting. Just, you know, you can, for me, it's maybe a once in a lifetime thing. I don't know that I would do it again. Um, but if you pay the VIP uh, ticket costs, I think you can skip the lines a little bit. Uh, from there, we um, you know, we hopped on a scooter. And the last time I was in Rome, we they didn't have those scooters. Those are really useful. Um, you know the ones I'm talking about, like the birds, the the limes, um, and and those ilk. And we jetted. You know, we had to go about four kilometers back over to this rally point in the park. So we did that. And then went and had a little kind of picnic in the park there. And all along the way in Rome, I mean, you can't go a block without seeing a truly magnificent looking building or an old Roman ruin. I mean, they're just right in the middle of the city. So it, it's, it, it, it's like no other city in that you don't have to work very hard to see the sights. And that's why we kind of winged it. I, I felt... My gut was we don't have to over over plan this thing, and uh, it's just a magnificent city. And of course, you know if, you, if you're going to go there, um, give yourself more than two or three days. But for us, the five day mark was terrific before we headed up north, um, the Cinque Terre. But um, I mean, I think you could you could easily spend a week there, and and go to see some of the. Um, different sites and yeah there's there's a ton you can do but but in a four or five day stretch you can have plenty to do right in old town and plenty to eat you know you we couldn't we couldn't find a bad meal every restaurant we went to was was terrific and it was not terribly expensive um pretty reasonably priced not quite as cheap as Naples pricing. Naples has been the best, the, the most pleasantly priced city uh, so far in Italy. But Rome was not bad for a capital city and some of these like tourist sites. Um, I didn't feel like we were, we were getting too ripped off. So that always feels good. Um, and then the, la the last night we, we went over to the Jewish ghetto, which I had never been to before. It's right across the street. I, I don't know how I missed it, but it's very interesting. Really good restaurants over there. Um, I've fallen in love with the carciofi, which are um, the uh, uh, artichoke. 
gosh, yeah, I, I, I haven't even used the English term there. They call them carchiofi. The artichokes are in season, and I had a major breakthrough. I figured out how to cook them properly. I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but first night in Naples, I, I didn't cook it properly, and I've I've since dialed in the recipe, so I'm really excited about that. I can, I can kind of take this recipe with me and uh, use it when we get back to the States. And then the big ticket item, we... Uh, we woke up one morning and, and said, let's go see the Coliseum. I've never been inside the Coliseum. I've always just kind of walked around it. And uh, we we checked online. There were some tickets left, but we had to, like, hustle over there. And the buses were completely um, blocked. Uh, it was St. Patrick's Day. It was the 17th of March, and we, I guess think that had something to do with it i didn't realize that was such a big deal but there's so many you know american tourists in town i guess that is a big deal i think america's where it's celebrated you know the most and um and i i talked about it on the last podcast but it took us forever to get down to the coliseum we finally got it got over there and almost got turned away but we ended up getting inside and very very pleased with that. I mean that that's a good one for the kids. They they like hearing about um, the gladiators fighting against lions and and uh, they like hearing about that um, those stories and uh, yeah kind of brings it it definitely brings it to life. So try to hit the Coliseum if you, if you can. But that was our that was our Rome trip in a nutshell. We we're very happy with it. Um, it went well. This is World Travel Dad. Let's face it, when I'm on the road, I get ripped off a lot. And I'm constantly making a fool of myself. But I'd like to share those moments with you because maybe it'll help you avoid a similar fate. Or maybe you can just make fun of me. Where do we start with bloopers? Um, Rome, it's finally caught caught up to me. I, I've been having some good luck. I was beginning to think, you know, I, I got this traveling thing down. You know, 42 years old, been all over the place. I'm pretty good at this, but it caught up with me. So the first one was a pretty honest mistake. Bought a bunch of pizza one day. Uh, didn't realize that the crew wanted it to be heated and so I forgot to tell them to heat it and until after they cut the pizza up they hate that you if you're going to get pizza in Rome you have to tell them whether you want it hot or cold um, before they cut it up Um, I really made this lady upset it was kind of morning time she didn't know why I was ordering so much pizza and uh, you know I kind of uh, I wasn't pleasant with her back you know, she said some things, I said some things, and, um, you know, I, I ultimately apologized for what I did. But you got to remember when you're when you're in Europe, they take this stuff very seriously. You know, you you, you make a cultural faux pas here and you can uh, you can make some enemies. And then the, the big blooper occurred the day that we left to go to the train station. It was a Sunday. There are a bunch of like helicopters flying around, and we thought, "Oh, that's cute." Well, it's it turns out that there was a major marathon through the city of Rome, and 
such a big deal that the buses weren't running, the metro wasn't running, and we've got so much gear. I mean, it's it's really it's really tough to go anywhere. Like you have to really plan out how far you're going to walk, and you have to like it's it's just it's not like any kind of travel I've ever done before with all these heavy bags. And the kids, you know, they, they're trying to help out, but I mean, how much can I depend on them to, to carry some of the uh, some of these bags? And we we set out, uh, gave ourselves plenty of time. We kind of sensed something was going on, but soon realized that the whole the whole city was shut down. And somebody told us, "Oh, you're, you should just walk to the train station. That's going to be your best bet." Well. We, we, we thought, okay, let's just try to do it, I guess. Uh, it turns out you can't even do that because they had blocked off the several main streets. You you have to go way out of your way um, to even walk to the train station. So we start, you know, getting pretty concerned. Um, we ended up down by the Colosseum again. Uh, Rome's a fairly walkable city. You know, so you can... Theoretically, you could, you could walk to the train station, uh, but the way they had the streets blocked off, it wasn't going to work. So we finally uh, found a nice cab driver who stopped on the side of the road. I'm not even sure it was legal. I think he could tell that we were uh, in a bad spot. And uh, 10 euros later, uh, we were at the train station, made our train to La Stezia, and uh, that was... That's that's 10 euros I was glad to spend. That's good value. That saved the day. I just don't know how we were going to make it to our train. And um, the train tickets are not cheap when you're buying four people. So that wouldn't have been a fun one to miss. But it all worked out uh, well. And fortunately, we made it to the Cinque Terre. And that'll we'll talk about that on the next uh, show. Thank you for listening to this show. I am constantly trying to improve through the process of iteration. Your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending it here. We are now available on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Wherever you are listening, please take a moment to leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. And I promise to do whatever I can to send you good vibes. (laughs) 